According to recent reports, the New York Mets are likely to stay away from the trade market this offseason and instead focus more solely on free agency. I'll break down what all that means on today's edition. Locked on Mets. You are locked on Mets. Your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. On today's show, in the first segment, I will be breaking down the most recent sign the Mets made on Thursday, but also looking into the recent rumblings that the Mets are going to be staying away from the trade market and what that means for how they're going to attack this offseason. In the second segment, we'll look at the free agent starting pitchers that the Mets are linked to right now and how that's really going to shape up for them as they again seem to be avoiding the trade market. Then in the final segment, I'll look at the one-year deals the Mets might sign this offseason and the trades that they might be shying away from but the opportunities that are out there. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X at Ficklestein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And before we discuss the big story of the day, which is that the New York Mets are not engaged in the trade market right now, they did make a signing today. They signed Austin Adams, career 417 ERA relief pitcher, to a split contract. Now, when this was first reported by Feinsand, uh, it was announced as a major league deal. And that got me concerned because he pitched to a 571 ERA this past season with the Padres. So you're looking at a guy coming off a really bad year that's getting a guaranteed major league contract, and I was concerned. But later reports came out. I think Will Salmon of The Athletic had it first that this was not a guaranteed contract. It's a non-guaranteed contract. It's a split deal. So if he makes the major league roster, he'll have his, his MLB salary. Otherwise, you know he'll be uh, sitting in Syracuse. So good signing because there's no risk, really. And this is a guy that has a really good slider that has struck out a lot of batters with it throughout his career. His strikeout rate is at 33.1%. So about a third of the time he's been striking out batters. Problem, his walk rate's at almost 15%. So it's a a lot of wildness from Adams. I believe he led the league in hit by pitches one year. I just, you know, it's hard to be too optimistic on this one. He did have an expected ERA of 3.55 this past season. His slider is nasty. He throws it pretty much all the time. Again, 90% of the time uh, this past season. But at this point, I wouldn't worry too much about this signing. This is one of those deals where it could be a diamond in the rough that David Stearns and his front office has uncovered, or it could be a guy that you know we see in spring training and really never hear of again. 
Let's move on to the big story of the day. There was multiple reports that were out there, or if not reports, rumors in stories from you know Mets beat writers that suggest this is not the year for the Mets to attack the trade market. Andy Martino of SNY said the following, that the Mets are trying to compete in 2024 without sacrificing the future, which is why they are not engaged in trade talks for Juan Soto, race starter Tyler Glasnow, and just about anyone else who would not cost significant prospect capital. Now, we'll start with the Soto part of this. I can understand this if it has been made clear, which I think it has based on what everyone's saying. Now, Juan Soto will get to free agency. So the New York Yankees are the team that is most interested and most likely to land Juan Soto right now because they're a team that looks at Juan Soto as a one-year rental as a path to a championship. They have Aaron Judge. They have Garrett Cole. That is conceivably the best hitter and the best pitcher in baseball right now. Obviously, Shoy Otani has something to say about the hitter side of things. But, you know, Aaron Judge, if he was healthy this year, who knows what his numbers would have looked like stacked up against Otani. And Garrett Cole, I mean, he was arguably the best pitcher this past season. So they have a clear window to win right now. And they're more in a position where they can justify selling from a deeper farm than the Mets have. I don't know if uh, the Yankees farm is definitely better, but it's certainly deeper, right? So they can make a trade like this, not feel it as much. And then that also gives them a year-long runway to try to convince Juan Soto to be a Yankee for the rest of his career. But this also could blow up in the Yankees' face. They could trade for him. It could not work, and you know what? Maybe he's a Met in a year. But I understand the Mets not trading for Juan Soto as a rental with where this franchise is at right now. The only way that I would have wanted them to trade Juan Soto is if they could extend him, and if they could throw a big enough check in front of him that that would be possible. But if you've gotten every indication from Scott Boris that he's going to hit the open market, that there's no magical number you can get to where a deal is done, then I understand it. I understand passing on that opportunity. Tyler Glasnow, we'll get to some of the other you know trade possibilities in the next segment. So I'm going to go through uh, all the different names that are on the market because there's been some that have been added recently that are really intriguing. And, and you know different players where I feel like the Mets maybe should think about the risk in going for a trade. But I still understand the overall model right now, which is what they've been doing for years. Don't sacrifice anything from that farm system. Let that build out over time and try to continue to build through free agency. Now, to confirm or to back up Martino's sourcing, you have The Athletic that had uh, an article. They were really breaking down everything you know current with the Mets right now, all the rumors, all the things that have happened. And this is what they say as one of the sections of that article. Quote, a couple rival evaluators describe the Mets farm system as improving but they say it's not a system ready to absorb a major hit and still stay on track for, quote, sustainability, which is the repeated goal under Stearns and owner Steve Cohen. The rival evaluators said the Mets farm system remains short on depth and starting pitching as it relates to having enticing assets for a blockbuster trade involving a superstar while trying to build strength throughout the organization. Although nothing should be ruled out, it wouldn't be surprising to see the Mets make mid-level or smaller deals involving the minor leaguers. So 
the Mets might still make some moves, but to make the big blockbuster, to trade for a Juan Soto, to trade for a Dylan Cease, their farm system is not ready to take that hit, which I can understand. And, and essentially what you have to sort of put in your mindset as a Mets fan is this is not a team that's trying to win the World Series in 2024. Now, at the deadline, those season goals can change. They're trying to compete. They want to be a wild card team. They want to have a winning record. They want fans coming out to the ballpark and enjoying their summer watching Mets baseball. But they don't view themselves as World Series or bust. And the last two years, they were more operating under that World Series or bust mindset. That's why you go out and you get Justin Verlander to pair with Max Scherzer. And you re-up your closer for hundred plus million dollars and you bring back Brandon Nemo and all the things the Mets did were let's keep that core together that won 101 games and let's add the finishing pieces to win it all and they were justified in doing that coming off such a great season in uh, 2022 but now 2024 coming off a losing season the goal is not we're going to do everything to win it all this year the goal is we're going to try to put a, a lot of competitive pieces together to have a roster that can have a great first couple months of the season. And in that instance, if they were actually close, if you know some prospects broke out, if some of the second-year players solidified themselves, who knows where this team could go. But I also think that if the Mets were to land Yoshinobu Yamamoto, it could change things a little bit. So what I want to do in the next segment here is look at the free agent rumors, and then how it might affect the Mets' ability or their willingness to go into the trade market, even though right now it seems like they're going to stay away. So we'll get to all of that in just a minute. Before we do, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You got the NFL season, you got college football, and you got NBA games. So every night, every day, when you're talking about the weekends, there's something to lay a little action on. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options. You have the spread, player props, over-unders, and more. And again, remember, if you win your $5 money line bet, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets to keep on playing. So if you want to try to get in on the action, visit FanDuel.com slash on to kick off the NFL season or tip off the NBA season for yourself. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. If you don't want to miss out on any of the hot stove action this offseason, become a Locked On Mets insider today. This is our texting service where I can send you updates whenever anything happens this offseason. So today, Austin Adams signs the first place I go is subtext to send out an update to all the Locked On Mets insiders, giving my two cents and you know, breaking down you know, who Adams is, why they made the signing. And then I get you know some back and forth with some of you as well. You can give me your thoughts on the deal. It's been a lot of fun so far. So if you want to become a Locked On Mets insider, find the link in the episode description or go to subtext.com slash Locked On Mets. 
Now, the same story where Andy Martino broke down uh, the trades and how the Mets likely aren't going to venture into that market. He also talked about Yoshinobu Yamamoto. So here's what he said. As for, as for Yamamoto, he is intrigued by the history of the Yankees and Dodgers, but the less iconic Mets have a deep desire to sign him in deeper pockets than anyone. For these reasons, they're real players for Yamamoto, despite the utter lack of buzz linking the two sides. The Mets will try their best to sign him. So here basically is what I take from that. The Mets are going to submit the biggest offer. That's that's what he's saying, right? The Mets are going to be in this because they're going to drive up the price. But he'd probably prefer to go play for the Yankees or the Dodgers. Those are maybe his two favorites. So the Mets are going to drive up the cost on this. They're not going to let the Yankees or the Dodgers get him on a discount, which to me means this guy's going to make $30 million per season. And it's a question of how many years he gets. I'm at that point where I feel like he's going to get to 30, which is crazy for a dude that's never pitched in the big leagues. I mean, he's at least getting 25 in a lot of years. I I would say it's either going to be $30 million and he's getting eight years, or it's going to be maybe a shade less than 30, but he's going to get more than eight years, which is nuts. It's nuts. And I will, and not, not to say that, I wouldn't want the mess to do it. I'm all in on Yamamoto. But it is a crazy proposition to give a guy that much money who's never pitched in the big leagues. Everybody believes he's going to translate. I think he will translate fine. But if he doesn't, and he ends up just being a number three that's getting paid ace money for nine years, there is some risk in a free agent that doesn't have a risky profile because Free agent contracts for pitchers, regardless of the age, although age does help a lot in this matter, that span that long, it's just tough because you never know when a pitcher's career can come to a close. I'm not wishing that on him. I'm not saying that's going to happen. But we see the position the Nationals are in right now with Steven Strasburg. Now, that's a guy who had way more mileage, way more injury history. I get it. But a nine-year deal for a pitcher... This thing gets to a 10-year. The, the Mets are that aggressive. And I think that is maybe how they sign them. Is they, they give them a 10-year deal, and it's a super complicated contract. But hey, I love it if, if that happens. And if it does, I think it changes how they attack the rest of their offseason. And I think if they get Yamamoto to pair with Senga, they look at themselves more as contenders. And then maybe they're more willing to trade. If you have Yamamoto in tow and you're trying to swing a deal for another pitcher and you weren't willing to give up, you know, whatever pitching prospects you have that hold some value, right? That's Christian Scott, Blade Taylor, whatever it is. And, and, you know, if the Guardians are saying they're only going to trade Shane Bieber if they get, you know, a pitcher and a couple hitters. Well, now if you have Yamamoto, you're more comfortable to maybe pursue trades. And here is an interesting, uh, you know, quote that the athletic pulled from uh, the the winter meetings in their their article about you know where the Mets are at right now. So this is just uh, it's the end of a longer quote where David Stearns was talking about the organizational philosophy of trying to build for sustainability. But he says, "quote We're never going to shut down a conversation. So to say we're only going to focus on one of the areas of currencies, I don't think that'd be the right thing to do. So we're certainly going to have trade discussions." 
We're certainly going to have free agent discussions and we'll make the best moves that we think we can to improve the team. So the Mets aren't going to shut anything out, but I think they'd be more aggressive on the trade market if they landed a free agent like Yamamoto, like maybe Shota Imanaga. And I also think that could be where this goes. I think Imanaga could be waiting out the Yamamoto scenario where he's going to hold on and whoever doesn't get Yamamoto, they might be in an Imanaga. And for the Mets, that might be a scenario where Imanaga signs for a nine-figure deal with the Mets where they get the second-best pitcher who honestly has a track record pretty similar to Kodai Senga last year. And it's a step below, but it's still a, a nice addition that would serve your rotation for multiple years. And honestly, depending on the cost, like if you could get Imanaga and he's coming in at, you know, 20 million as, as opposed to Yamamoto at 30 million. He's older, but if it's a shorter term deal, like there is a world where I, I might look at the final numbers of those two contracts and be happier with Imanaga. Just saying. A lot has to play out before we know. Now, a couple more notes on this before we get to the final segment where I want to talk about the other uh, players that have presented themselves in the trade market that the Mets aren't apparently going after now because I think there could be some where it's a mistake not to pursue them. Andy Martino, he mentions more in this article about where the Mets stand, and he says they're working on adding several more starting pitchers at the moment. Jordan Montgomery is a more likely high-end target than Eduardo Rodriguez or Blake Snell. I like J-Mon a lot. I don't know what that price tag is going to cost, but here's what I'll say. Jordan Montgomery has experience pitching in New York. He came up with the Yankees. He just shined on the biggest stage and was an absolute dog in the playoffs. So I love him for that. I don't know if the Mets have the highest ceiling, if their rotation's headlined by Kodai Senga and Jordan Montgomery, but it's not a bad place to start going into next season where you're just trying to be a frisky team, and then you could get the ace to pair with those two guys in next year's free agent class where Corbin Burns could be on the market or should be on the market unless he gets traded and extends somewhere. And you could just sign Corbin Burns or sign Zach Wheeler or sign any of the handful of pitchers. Garrett Cole could theoretically be a free agent, I believe, be outside of his contract. There's a lot of ace-level pitchers that will be there. And so maybe that's the move. Like, if you don't get Yamamoto, I get not going after Blake Snell here. With all that said, the Mets are in a position, if you're reading the tea leaves, if you're understanding what some of these reporters are saying, where it's not World Series or bust, but it's still try to win and money still doesn't matter, which puts the Mets in a really interesting spot. So I want to explore that in a minute because another part of Martino's reporting here, says the Mets expect to sign more pitchers to one-year deals. So what does that mean? And what is out there on the trade market that they're going to turn away from? I'll get to both of those things in just a minute. Before we do, though, uh, another word from our sponsors. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for your 24-7 coverage of the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. 
All right. So let's get back to the starting pitching market. The Mets expect to sign more pitchers to one-year deals. Now, the market that I think they can really attack with their current strategy is bullpen arms. Guys like David Robertson, Craig Kimbrell, Joe Kelly, Aroldis Chapman. Not that I love all those guys, but the older relief market, if money doesn't matter this year, and I really don't believe it does because you're so far past the luxury tax, as I've talked about in other shows, that Steve Cohen could just say, hey, we're going to set money on fire for one more year. And then in 2025, we'll have this farm system that will be filtered through. Our team's going to get a lot cheaper. We could have Luis and Helicuna starting at second base. You could have Brett Beatty or Ryan Mauricio starting at third. Mark Vientos could have established himself as a great DH on the cheap. Maybe Drew Gilbert's in the outfield. You could see how this team gets cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And then every year, more money comes off the books. All the dead money off the books. Starling Marte, not after this next year, not after 2025. Well, after 2025, he'll be off the books. So again, money keeps coming off. The Mets can eventually reset get under the tax. I think they plan to do that at some point, 2025, 2026, 2027. They'll have to get under. But right now, there's no reason to get under. And if you're already over, he said it before, blow past it. So, pitchers on one-year deals. Who can you get on a one-year deal? So let's just go through the market, right? Hyunjin Ryu, one-year deal. Guy is going to be 37 at some point next season. Yeah, probably you can get him. Martin Perez, that's an option. Um, Alex Wood, Sean Manaya, maybe Mike Clevenger, maybe. Probably a whole podcast for another day, but if the Mets want the PR backlash and they want to sign Trevor Bauer, just saying. Um, again, story for another day. Uh, uh, you know, Lucas Giolito, if he wants a one year pillow contract, that's an option. Corey Kluber, James Paxson, Zach Grinke. I don't like any of those names, but I'm just saying, if you're just trying to build out depth, these are the types of guys. Michael Lorenzen, probably a one-year guy. Um, you know, Michael Waka, if that one-year number is big enough, you can probably get him. Uh, Wade Miley, one-year guy. So there's options. Spencer Turnbull is just uh, non-tendered, so probably could get him on a on a deal like that. Uh, trying to go through and see if there's any other names that are interesting, but. The point is, that's more shopping in the back-end market. You know, that's that's not necessarily going to net you a pitcher that <laughs> you want for years to come. That's why they're on a one-year deal. That's not going to necessarily net you a guy you want to start a playoff game. But the bats want depth. And so, you know, some of those guys would be worth it. Like, Hyunjin Ryu pitched very well when he came off Tommy John surgery this past year. I think he'd be a worthwhile risk. Lucas Giolito on a pillow contract could provide you more, but they're you're not taking two shots at it with Severino. What I will say is with Giolito, you feel good about the innings and the health, just about the performance. With Severino, it's both performance and injury risk, so you have to weigh all those out. Ultimately, if they could sign Jordan Montgomery, it's going to go a very long way because if you get Montgomery, you strike out on Yamamoto, maybe you still get – Imanaga. And now your rotation is Sanga. It's super left-handed. It's Sanga and a bunch of lefties. It's Sanga, uh, left-handed Montgomery, left-handed Imanaga, Jose Quintana. Maybe the Mets want to get super funky like that. I don't know. The point is, 
there are a lot of options and the Mets will be aggressively trying to add, but it seems like the multi-year deals that they are circled right now, that they're the, the pitchers that they're looking at beyond a season. It's Yamamoto, it's Montgomery, it's Imanaga. Who knows if a Seth Lugo or those type of pitchers can come into the fray, but they are trying to maximize that future flexibility. And that's why I believe the bullpen market will be a, a very interesting place that they can attack to try to make their 2024 team better without sacrificing anything in 2025 and beyond. And that's where I think they could get a DH um, or one of these veteran phrases like a JD Martinez or a Justin Turner that can improve their lineup in a significant capacity um, on a one-year deal as well. If that, that's or Adam Duvall, right? If you maybe overpay Adam Duvall to get him to come aboard, there's guys like that that you can go after. Now, I do want to mention the trade market because that was where the show started today. So I want to close, um, you know, sort of the loop here on everything by looking at what's out in the trade market because the trade market is more competitive than ever before. There's a lot of teams that see the writing on the wall and they're dangling some players to try to get incredible returns. And that's why maybe the Mets are smart to back off, but the Rays are floating Randy Rosarena. Can you imagine trading for a Rosarena and Tyler Glass now? That's probably not a deal the Mets makes that's going to be the massive hit to their farm system, but Randy Rosarena has three years of control. And if you can get Glass now in that trade as well as a finishing piece, after you sign Yamamoto, like at a certain point, you'd have to look at your chances to win it all and think it'd be worth it to sacrifice something long term and just hope that you're going to be able to draft and develop and you know filter your farm system with, with good talent from the international market when it comes to signing guys, too. So that's just an interesting thing that's out there. But now, based on what we hear with the Mets and being skeptical of the market, I don't think they go there. They could use Alex Bregman at third. He apparently might be on the trade market, but it's a one-year guy. If you're not all in on 2024, it doesn't make sense to trade for a rental. All those starting pitchers, Burns, Glasnow, Bieber, Cease. You know, Cease should get an extra year of control, but still, the package is going to take to get him. You're probably not in on it. And maybe it's wise for the Mets to stay away from the trade market as buyers because it's a seller's market. So, I get it, but there is a lot of talented pieces that are out there. The one guy I would just keep tabs on is Jonathan India because there is a little Mets connection. His dad's a huge Mets fan, but I, I think the bigger aspect of it is it, it will be trading for somebody who's has a, a market that's a little bit lower right now that has some team control. Eloy Jimenez is another one. Guys where you get longer control of them, you might trade a little bit of prospect capital, but they're not going to kill you. That's probably the market they might shop in if they do make trades. But I think any of those deals are happening at the end of the offseason when they've already addressed their rotation. I At this point with what we're hearing, I just don't know if they're going to be very aggressive trading for a starting pitcher. But instead, I think they're going to land at least one of Yamamoto, Montgomery, or Emanaga. They might add two of those guys, which would be best case scenario. And then they're probably going to add some starting pitchers like a Hyun Jin Ryu or you know, Giolito, somebody that fans might not love, but they're going to look at with the risk and not having to have them sign beyond 2024 
as a worthwhile investment to take a shot to be competitive next year while keeping in mind that the real window opens in 2025. So that's the recap of everything going on right now. Um, If a signing happens, you know I'll be coming on here to break down uh, whatever happens over the weekend. There's some crazy rumors circling. I might pop on for a weekend show as well. So if you don't want to miss out on any of the content coming your way, make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe there. We're trying to make a push to 10,000 subs. So appreciate all of you who've been hitting that subscribe button. And also, again, if you don't want to miss out on anything, become a Locked On Mets Insider. Uh, you can find a link in the episode description. You'll get text updates when anything happens with the show and when anything happens with the Mets. So appreciate all of you who go there. Follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. Follow the show at Locked On Mets. And now that the episode's over, check out Locked On Sports Today, the first ever 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube for all of your sports coverage. You can find that. On YouTube, just look up Locked On Sports today and get great coverage of everything going on in the sports world.